thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right, hey everybody, welcome to Bible News Radio. Share this out, okay? Oh yeah, you did. I know theology nice. But the Reverend may be a little confused. But if the Lord don't care, then he chooses to ignore her. Tell it to the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Whoa. Call it just an alternate lifestyle, huh? Alright. know what platform you're on, but whatever platform you're on, please do me a favor and share this out, okay? As we're listening to the rest of the song. When the streets erupt in your own backyard, you'll be on your knees praying for the National Guard. Hi, Marty. Hi, Mia. Hi, Aaron. But you never got the message, because your mind's on hold. Hi, Melanie. Promises were made to be broken, right? You gotta play the game to win. When you need support, tell them that you're born again. Whatever happened to sin? Yep. <laughs> All right, you guys. Welcome to this episode of Bible News Radio. If you don't know who I am, I am your sweet and lovable host, Stacey Lynn Harp. And I am here today to bring you part eight in our ongoing series titled The Marketing of Homosexuality to America. And you know what? This has been a really interesting uh, series for me to actually do personally because, you know, I consider myself an expert on this topic of how... um, well, how the homosexual agenda has impacted the church, has impacted the culture, and uh, your life, my life. And uh, it's not a popular message to put out because, because frankly, nobody wants to talk about it because they're afraid to talk about it because they've marketed this, that if they do, uh, then they're a hater, they're a bigot, they're a homophobe, they're associated with Hitler, the KKK, uh, and anybody else that would be considered a normal deviant right so what we're what we've been doing in this series is we've been uh using this book called after the ball which if you're brand new to the series this is written by uh, marshall kirk and hunter madsen Mm -hmm. and uh the subtitle is how america will conquer its fear and hatred of the gays in the 90s this book really is a brilliant piece of marketing uh, strategy. It really, it really is because 
the two men that wrote it were were brilliant. First of all, one was an extreme genius, right? And I and just reading the material, uh, and um, you know what I'm going to show you today, you're going to understand even more so. And and those of you who have been a part of the series, who've been here watching this series for any length of time, hey Darren, do me a favor, put a one, and let me know if you've seen a lot of it or most of it or something, because. My goal in taking the extra time to put this together is really to educate you and give you a tool that you're going to be able to take and tweet out and share out and direct people back, you know, too, when you get in these conversations that are divisive, uh, like they're by nature, I suppose <laughs> they're divisive, you know, I have, I have some new friends at Pickleball that came to me. And they actually asked me, uh, they said, I, can we ask you a question? And I said, sure. And they said, you know that series you're doing, The Marketing of Homosexuality to America? I said, I said, yeah. And they're like, well, this is kind of awkward to ask, but are you opposed to homosexuality or what? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I am actually. But I'm not opposed to the homosexual, and there's a big difference. And it's really sad, unfortunately, that that the culture and and us have been so conditioned that we have to you know give all the the, the caveats so even catching the replays okay good i know some of you have been in here live and i'm really glad that you're here um you know i i'm okay with taking it on the chops people want to attack me and call me all these things it's just because they're not hearing what's actually being said so let me just say this again. The book I'm using is the Gay Activist book. The words that, you know, the ads in this particular episode that you're going to see, it's their ads. I'm not making this up. These aren't my ads. I'm sharing with you their plan. I'm taking it inside the belly of the beast, right? I'm actually going to show you ads that were produced in order to market this to America. Now, we've already gone through the different type of persuasion tactics, right? In fact, in in fact, today what we're going to do is I'm I I it's kind of sloppy to be honest with you because I didn't have a lot of time to put this together the way that I had wanted to. But what I did was I literally just took a picture of each of these ads with my camera, entered into a PowerPoint slide. That's what you're going to see. So it's a little bit sloppy, but you'll get the point. Every picture comes with a strategic evaluation, which is listed right next to the picture. And they actually go through the different, the eight different tactics that we just got done looking at. So just to reiterate that, uh, tactic one is communicate. Don't just express yourself. Tactic two, appeal to ambivalent skeptics. Tactic three, keep talking. So in other words, desensitize people. Don't shock people. Keep talking. Number four, keep the message single-minded on gay rights. Tactic five, portray gays as victims, not aggressors, which you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, tactic six, give potential protectors a just cause. So those were the people who are, they're, they're the ones that are afraid to say, well, this isn't, you know, they're the ones being swayed to support. Okay, I'll just put it that way. Uh, chap uh, tactic seven is make gays look good. And tactic eight is make victimizers look bad. And again, the victimizer would be anybody who opposes uh, homosexuality as a natural part of 
life. So what we're going to do, I have, I think, about 12 or 13 of these pictures I literally took right out of the book. So we're going to get into that. We're going to take a break, and we'll continue. I'm going to do my best to try to get all this done for you uh, in this. Okay, so this first picture uh, is gays versus golfers. And uh, I'm going to go ahead up here and look at my own uh, sheet here. And those of you who are listening to the podcast, you're going to want to come and watch the actual video. Uh, okay, so here what we have is we have a picture of a golf club, it looks like. It looks like a fishing rod uh, as well. I don't know why there's a fishing rod in there. But it says here, uh, Did you know that more Americans live a normal gay lifestyle than play golf or tennis or go fishing? Being gay is natural for millions of people, so why make sport of them? All right, so, okay, so that's why there's a fishing rod in there. I actually didn't read it myself. <laughs> My bad, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, so here, this is actually a, a, a benign ad in the sense of the image of the picture, right? You, got, you have, uh, you have the, the golf club, you have the fishing rod, and you have, it looks like a, a golf ball or something. But the tactic that they're trying to use here in the strategic evaluation is, it's the first four. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to read this to you so you can, you can see these, these tactics that work. Okay, communicate. Don't just express yourself. Where is that? Where is that listed in the, in the ad? Now, if we were actually in class, I'd be like calling on you because you'd be raising your hand going, Stacy Lynn, this, this is where it's listed. Okay, so here it is. Being gay is natural for millions of people. Okay, that's, that's where they're communicating that they're gay. Um, appeal to ambivalent skeptics. Okay, so they're doing that. And how are they doing it? What tactic are they using? They're using jamming, just so you know. And uh, keep talking, desensitize, don't shock. So they're also using the desensitization tactic in here. And keep the message single-minded on gay rights. So here, here again, we have this benign picture, gays versus golfers. Did you know that the more Americans live a normal gay lifestyle than play golf or tennis or go fishing? Being gay is so natural for millions of people, so why make sport of them? The implication is that people make fun of them and they bully them and they're trying to... Uh, communicate differently. Now the strategy, I'm going to read you what the strategy is. Strategy in the comment that the author wrote about this picture. So the strategy is desensitization and it says here, remind straights repeatedly that homosexuality is commonplace and perfectly natural for some people so don't be disturbed by it. This strategy assumes that the more people uh, there are who appear to practice homosexuality and the more innate it appears to be, the less abnormal and objectionable and the more legitimate it will seem to straights. Okay, you see, you guys see that? How they did this? They, they're taking something that's abnormal and they're pairing it with something that normal people do. Comment. This symbol ad is humorous and striking because it compares the popularity of homosexuality directly to that of a mundane and harmless middle-class pastime that finds that gay sex is more popular. How creepy can this vice really be when everybody's doing it? The homosexuality sl slash sports comparison may not always work. However, since, though valid, the results of the comparison are so surprising that many straights may not believe them. The ad concludes with a pitch for anti-discrimination. So you guys see that? So why make sport of them? That's, that's the 
subtle anti-discrimination uh, tactic that they have used there. All right. You guys have any questions? Is this interesting to you? I hope it is. All right. So uh, make sure you share this out too, if you don't mind. Okay. Next slide. So this is, this next slide is uh, fulfilling the tactic to reach out to media. Earlier in this chapter, uh, they actually are talking about the media uh, blitz that they're, they were going to go out on. And they said, we'll start basically with little, with little ads um, in the paper. So I'm going to read these. So the first one says, meeting planned parents and friends of lesbians and gays, also known as PFLAG. PFLAG is a self-help group for those who are coming to terms with the orientation of their loved ones. Everyone is welcome. Come talk with us. And then there's the phone number, call 123-555-1212 for the next meeting date. Second one, gay and lesbian Republicans of Blandville, Ohio. Next meeting, June 3rd, 8 p.m. Location, tells you where it is. Topic, uh, referendum on pet leash law. Okay, so you see what they're doing there? They're coupling homosexuality with a topic that is benign. Okay, trying to make it look like these are normal people, but that sounds horrible the way I said that, but you know what I mean. Okay, third ad, Democrat or Republican, black or white, straight or gay, register to vote. A message from gays and lesbians for a strong America. So you see how they added that gay and straight in there? All right, and then... Uh, the last one is kind of cut off. I think it's cut off. I so the last one actually s uh, says Gay Alliance for the Hearing and Sight Impaired, uh, impaired rather. And it says here, uh, we meet every month for social support and fun. All gays with disabilities are welcome. Call the phone number for the meeting next time. So again, the tactics here, the strategy is to desensitize straights by exposing them to the words gay and lesbian in neutral and favorable context. Gays are linked to good causes, non-controversial activities. So you see that here, how they're, they're, uh, they're doing that. And so the strategic evaluation uh, are the, the four tactics that they're used here are one, communicate, don't just express yourself. So again, they're communicating their gayness, their homosexuality. Two, appeal to ambivalent skeptics. These are the people who are like, well, I don't know, the ones that they're trying to win over to their side. Three, keep talking, desensitize, don't shock. And the, and the seventh tactic is uh, make gays look good. So would you all agree that when you look at these four ads, that gays look good in every single one? Put a, put a two if you would all agree that you think that the homosexual community, the image of the homosexual being portrayed here, is a good thing. Okay, just put a two there. And while you're doing that, I'm going to read you the comment from the author about these ads. He writes, they needn't be long or clever, but to be effective, these modest ads must appear repeatedly in mainstream media, and the word gay or lesbian, which sounds less negative than homosexuality, should be readable at a glance in the headline or tagline. Neutral or positive associations are key here. These ads would be far more upsetting, i.e. just the opposite of desensitizing for straights if they instead announce meetings of the gay man slash boy sex syndicate, radical fairies club, lesbian anarchist league, or gay sadomas sadomasochist, that's hard for me to say, 
society. Such ads would violate principles two, three, or uh, violate principles three, four, and five. Okay. All right. So you guys are seeing this? Good. Man, there's a long delay. That took a long time to get those twos up there. Okay. So here's the here's the thing. Note the comment that the author wrote. Right? Who's marketing this? Okay. Note. I'm going to read this again just so you hear this. Neutral or positive associations are key here. These ads would be far more upsetting, i.e. just opposite of desensitizing for straights, if they instead announced me meetings of the gay, man, boy, sex syndicate. Don't tell me that these guys don't know that there's an association with man-boy love in their community and that the North American Man-Boy Love Association has not been intricately attached to the gay community and the lobby. Right here. It's... It's, at, it's actually right here, you guys. It's right here. I just read it. Okay, if instead they announce meetings of the gay man slash boy sex syndicate or the Radical Fairies Club, the Lesbian Anarchist League, or the Gay Sadomasochist Society, such ads would violate the principles 3, 4, and 5. So, again, the, prin the principles that, that they violate would be uh, communicate, don't just express yourself, Appeal to ambivalent skeptics, because think about it. If you're instead promoting gay man-boy sex syndicate, uh, it would be really super hard to be ambivalent about that. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? You want to say something? Yeah, I was just thinking, but now we're at the point where we have the drag queen reading in, in public libraries. Drag queens coming into public libraries to read gender-bending stories, like the boy who would be princess and all this kind of stuff. And it's whatever, true. under the radar, because there's been this consistent flood of stuff, you know, if they'd come out and say, oh, drag queen reading at the public library, there'd been outrage. But since it's, you know, registered to vote, meet about pet leash laws, whatever, yeah, the gays, whatever. Not the homosexuals, the gays and the lesbians. And, oh, and now where is drag queens at the library? Yeah. yeah, that sounds fun. But remember, this is almost 40 years in the market, exactly. you guys. Almost 40 years, okay? This was written in the mid-'80s, and they really began marketing this way even before the, the mid-'80s. But this book was written in the mid-'80s. So, so again, the benign ads. All right, let's look at the next one, okay? So the next ad uh, is Adolf Hitler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's look at this one. Okay, so... Now, let's look at this picture of Adolf Hitler. Okay, so we have Adolf Hitler, and it says underneath, uh, madman, murderer, homophobe, uh, the other holocaust. When Hitler seized power in 1933, he immediately launched a campaign to persecute gay people. Every year for 10 years, Hitler sent thousands to wear the pink triangle in Nazi concentration camps. Young Gay people were beaten to death, starved to death, worked to death, frozen to death. At one camp, SS guards forced gay prisoners to construct an earthwork firing range and then use them as living targets. Today, gays are still targets for bigotry by attackers who feel no shame. And this is a reminder from your national gay and lesbian community. All right. Now, how many of you, just as a, uh, you know, if you put an emoji or whatever, how many of you want to be associated with Adolf Hitler because you oppose homosexuality. Be honest, right? Because I don't, just as, you know, just as a, you know, 
as you know, I'm declaring I don't want to be associated with Adolf Hitler. But how many of you are very familiar with this tactic, right? This is they have marketed this particular piece so much in various ways. And again, so let's look at the strategic evaluation. Number one, uh, it, the key principles behind the ad is communicate, don't just express yourself. So again, highlighting gayness. Number two, appeal to ambivalent skeptics. So again, the ambivalent skeptic out there, the ambivalent person who's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, oh, I don't definitely want to, I don't want to be that. Uh, four, or the, the third tactic they used was not the fifth tactic, which is portray gays as victims, not aggressors. That one comes clear, right? Okay, the sixth tactic is give potential protectors a just cause. After you see this ad, do you not want to protect gay people from the horrible people like Adolf Hitler? And then the eighth one they used was make victimizers look bad. Well, duh, hello, anybody associated with Hitler uh, should look bad. <laughs> just saying, right? In fact, recently, I know Vicki Fitch uh, actually has talked about this on her program, uh, the, the Orange County Board of Education, this meeting that she went to a while back, there was a, a board member who, who used very poor phrasing of the word Hitler. He compared something to Hitler, not meaning it to be whatever. In context, it was fine. But, of course, the media <laughs> took that part out and made that guy look like a Nazi sympathizer and all the rest. Now, let's look at what the strategy behind this is, and let's look at the commentary the authors wrote to go with this ad. The strategy is jamming, okay, jamming, homo-hatred by linking it to Nazi horror. Make victimizers look bad while helping straights to see gays as victims and feel protective toward them. That's, that's, pretty, off, that's pretty obvious. Comment. The Nazi pink triangle story makes for powerful media communication for four reasons. Number one, Hitler and his Nazis are endlessly interesting to readers and indisputably evil, okay, Number two, gays in concentration camps were undoubtedly victims deserving sympathy and protection. Three, the media might more readily accept emotional ads of this sort when they deplore dead Nazis than when they attack contemporary hate groups such as the KKK. By the way, we, had to, we do have an ad with the KKK in it as well. And number four, most contemporary hate groups on the religious right will bitterly resent the implied connection between homo-hatred and Nazi fascism. But since they can't defend the latter, they'll end up having to distance themselves by insisting that they would never go to such extremes. Such declarations of civility toward gays, of course, set our worst detractors on the slippery slope towards recognition of fundamental gay rights. Incidentally, note that this ad and others in our portfolio portfolio use the term homophobia, not homo-hatred. While the latter term might be more accurate, phobia works better as rhetoric because it's less offensive to straights and suggests in quasi-clinical terms that anti-gay feelings stem exclusively from the bigot's own unhealthy psychological hang-ups and insecurities. <clears throat> All right, so you guys are getting a doctorate level here teaching on how they brainwashed the masses with the ads here and what exactly that they did, right? Um, they were brilliant. They were brilliant. Definitely brilliant. All right. So continuing our look at this, hi, Gino. All right. So the next one is Walt Whitman. Okay. So again, here's another ad. 
Would Walt Whitman be allowed to teach English in Virginia? Question mark. Walt Whitman was gay. He was also one of America's greatest poets. If he were alive today, some people would not let him be a teacher. That isn't right. All right, so you see what they're doing here? Now this one, this strategic evaluation actually covers three. So maybe we can do the other ones too. Uh, the one right after that. Uh, ad advice from an old soldier. Because uh, these are we're all on the same page. I just couldn't get them all on the same picture. Uh, so advice from an old soldier, Alexander the Great. They say, I was the most brilliant general in history. Before my 30th birthday, I conquered virtually all of the ancient world. I led 100 battalions into battle, and the loyalty of my troops was legendary. But if I were alive today, the U.S. Army wouldn't even let me enlist just because I was gay. Before they lose more good soldiers, someone should tell me they're fighting the wrong war. Stop anti-gay discrimination in the military. A message from your national gay and lesbian community. Okay, and then the last one. I think that was it. Wait, is that it? I'm not sure. Let's see. Okay, got to go over to Randall. I put them in the wrong order. The next one is Leonardo da Vinci. Just go to. Yeah. Yeah. Then we'll go back to that one. <laughs> okay, the Leonardo da Vinci one. Artist, scientist, inventor, philosopher. Probably gay, too. And remember, everybody, last week when I told you that they intentionally target dead people so that they can't get sued for libel. Okay, remember? Go back to episode 7 and watch that. Well, he was probably gay, Gina. We don't know. And if he was here, he, he would have, he would, if, if he isn't, he would sue them for libel. Okay, so they didn't care. Anyway, but anyway, it says here, uh, that would make this gentle genius a criminal across much of the United States if he lived today. Homophobia could keep him out of the classroom, the laboratory, even the art studio. That's not genius. That's just bigotry. A message from your national gay and lesbian community. Okay, so again, we have Walt Whitman, who is a poet, right? We have Alexander the Great, who was a soldier. And then we have Leonardo da Vinci, who we all know was a... A scientist, right? And, a, and an artist. So the strategic evaluation of these three ads we just showed you reads as follows. They actually hit seven of the eight strategies in these three ads. So they communicated that they were gay. They didn't just express themselves. They appealed to ambivalent skeptics. They kept talking and so desensitizing, right? They, they're keeping the message single-minded on gay rights. They're portraying gays as victims, not aggressors. They're giving potential protectors a just cause, and they're making gays look good. The only tactic they're not using in these three are, are making victimizers look bad. So they're actually not making you and me look bad for hating these people, right? <clears throat> not that we're hating. But the strategy in these three ads are conversion and jamming. So what they did here is create a more favorable attitude toward gays by making them look good and discrimination look bad. Evoke the admiration that straight readers feel for legendary historical figures, then arouse indignation that modern-day homo-hatred would hold them back. And the, common, the comment of the author, there are many ways to present famous gays, of course, but the Whitman, Alexander, and Leonardo ads are exemplary since each provides, number one, a visual image of a great man to which readers can relate. Number two, the startling and prominent announcement of his homosexuality, which may or may not be true, by the way. 
Uh, and number three, the explicit linking of the great man to contemporary discrimination issues directly posing a relevant dilemma which the reader must confront. By the way, the AGCA's Whitman ad was partnered or patterned closely after a concept we'd sketched out some years earlier to show how the persuasion principles might be put into practice. Encouragingly, when the Alexandria Group placed the Whitman ad in the Washington Post in February of 1988, it generated both favorable public reaction and donations. In picking famous American world figures believed to be gay or bisexual, there are literally scores to choose from, but expect editors and broadcasters to demand documentation supporting your claim uh, that they don't relish uh, a libel suit any more than you do. <clears throat> so uh, so that's, that's that. Okay. Um, all right, that one I didn't. Do you want to go back to the other one, the... The latent homosexual one. That's the next one in my thing. I, I put it in there accidentally in that other one. Okay, so this next one, we're just going back a couple. This is the tactic I see so much because of the field of therapy and psychology. Uh, and, and you wonder where this argument comes from. This is exactly where this comes from. Okay, so this ad is it says if you go out of your way to pick on gays psychiatrists have a name for you latent homosexual there was a time years ago when people could hide their own homosexual tendencies by loudly attacking other gays in public but not anymore these days when you harass gay people it just puts a spotlight of suspicion on you so maybe you'd better mind your own business unless you want others to think that homosexuality is your business and this is a message from your national gay and lesbian community. And what it pictures is, it uh, looks like four men uh, standing side by side. And I'm not really even sure. I, I'm not sure how to describe what they're doing there. They're holding something or, I don't know, Randall, what do you think? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. It's uh, kind of vague. Looks like one's got a knife, one's got a rope. One's just holding his fist, and the other I can't tell. But okay. uh, yeah, they look like they're ready to. So the image do, then do do damage. Yeah, is is basically if you go out of your way to pick on gays, psychiatrists have a name for you. You're a latent homosexual. I if I had a five hundred dollars for every time I was called lesbian by somebody that came into the show after they've heard me talk about this, I would be so rich. Yeah. I would. I I have been called a closeted lesbian like right. so many times. But but the the inconsistency of it all. Yeah. It's it's a it's calling you a name. Right. But if I do it, it's to be celebrated. Right. You know, if if I engage in homosexual behavior, it's it's to be celebrated. But I call you, you know, a lesbian or you know, this guy gay or say someone's homosexual. That's being, you know, that's some kind of uh, epithet. And so, which is it? It, it, it depends. It's I guess it's relative, depending on who's practicing it, or or who you know, yeah, whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing, whether it's something to be ashamed of or something to be celebrated. I guess it depends on whom. So you know, just just the inconsistency makes the behavior itself, you know, at best ambiguous. Right. Uh, Darren, Neither good nor bad. Darren says, yep, that's what they still say about former homosexuals. They say internalized homophobia as the newer term. Uh, 
instead of uh, latent homophobia or latent homosexual. Okay, so here in the strategic evaluation, how many how many of the eight do you think they got? They got actually one, two, three, they got five of the eight in this particular ad. So they communicate, don't just express themselves. They appealed to ambivalent skeptics. You guys see a pattern here? They portrayed gays as victims, not aggressors. They give potential protectors a just cause, because, of course, you know, you want to protect them. And they've made victimizers look bad. And again, a victimizer is somebody who opposes homosexuality. So, so basically, if you oppose homosexuality, the psychiatrists are saying you're secretly a homosexual or a lesbian. Okay, that's the message that they created here. And this is what their strategy and comment is. Strategy, jam, homo-hatred and discourage anti-gay harassment by linking them to latent homosexuality. Get re and by the way, latent, in case you don't know, means hidden. It means, you know, pressed down, hidden. Uh, get readers to silently question their own motives for homo-hatred and get them to believe that displaying homo-hatred may not lead to social approval, but to personal embarrassment and loss of status. Comments. You may think this ad is directed to bashers and baiters from the intransigent, intransigent camp, a violation of principle two. Such ads will, with time, will silence intransigents, but the principle target is ambivalent skeptics. Okay, again, an intransigent would be somebody like me who opposes homosexuality completely. Okay? Okay. If ads such as this one take effect, skeptics will begin to censor their own homo-hatred, read opposition to homosexuality, homo-hatred equals opposition to homosexuality. Moreover, the ad's visual further blackens homo-hatred by associating it with menacing thugs, other dislike, another disliked out group. So this was the plan all along to show how you are so evil, you homo-hater, you're latent homosexual, all of you out there, if you, you know, a psychiatrist, that's why they got the APA in their back pocket. It's a brilliant ad. Brilliant, brilliant ad. Okay, let me see what my next slide is, because I know I got a little bit out of thing there. Okay. The face of bigotry is next. All right, so let me, I think it's back here. Yeah, it is. Ah, I just ripped my page. All right, so this next ad is titled The Face of Bigotry. <clears throat> of course, here we have another, a picture, looks like, I'm not sure, if it's, is this a woman or a man? I think it's a, a man. Yeah, based on the brow and the jawline, I would say. Okay, so this is a man, looks like with a bloody eye, blood coming down the face. And it says, the face of bigotry, and underneath the picture, it says, another victim, victim of anti-gay violence. Sooner or later, you'll have to face up to a choice. Either you, you think this picture is okay, or you don't. Either you make fun of fags and dykes, or you refuse to. Either you hate gays, the same as bigots do, or you say, live and let live. So choose now. Which kind of person do you want to be? Helping instead of hating, that's what America is all about. A message from your national gay and lesbian community. So again, the strategy here is jamming. Jam the self-righteous pride of homo-hatred by showing its grisly consequences, victimization of gays. Seize the moment to make readers pick sides. Demand that readers identify themselves with either social tolerance or gruesome cru cruelty. 
and the comment. This ad is a shocker of the right kind, a deliberate play to humane emotions so graphic and disturbing, in fact, that some media may well balk at running it, protesting its in poor taste. The brutalized face is a haunting rebuke to all of bigotry's pieties and rationalizations. Probably no act could do a better job of jamming or of giving straights a just cause to defend and protect gays. So again, but what they're not telling you, and I actually wrote this in my status update earlier, what they're not what they're not telling you when they put this ad here is really who did it. In fact, if you study the hate crimes against homosexuals or the crimes against homosexuals, there is a overwhelming majority that actually come from their own community towards each other. Um, you know, it's it's like white on white crime, black on black crime, gay on gay crime, but they don't want to associate it that way because then it kind of defeats the purpose of their marketing of homosexuality to America. You see what I'm saying? And we've we've covered a lot of that on the show in the past. But the the the, the strategic evaluation, they communicate again, they're communicating their homosexuality, they're appealing to the skeptics. Uh, they're keeping the message single-minded on gay rights. They're portraying gays as victims, not aggressors. You know there that says here, another victim of anti-gay violence. How do we know that? Matthew Shepard, by the way, is one of the, is like the poster boy. The master, Matthew Shepard was exactly what this tactic is. Matthew Shepard wasn't beat up and killed because he was gay. He was doing a drug deal, you guys. It went bad. Even um, ABC News anchor Elizabeth Vargas actually reported the story correctly when it first came out, and she was threatened by her job to withdraw the story, uh, if, you know, because because they wanted to portray portray Matthew Shepard as the the boy, the um, you know the face the of, of the victim, right, and making everybody look bad. Oh. And there's actually other books out there that were actually written about Matthew Shepard that go really deep into the trial and all that stuff. But what happened was his mother, bless her heart, and I mean that in a nice way, her his mother decided that he, she was going to go ahead and jump on the bandwagon for gay rights. And she went out, and then everybody was sympathizing with her because her son was murdered. But the problem is he wasn't murdered for being gay. He was murdered because he was a drug dealer. And he was doing drugs. And, you know, but the, the narrative that the media kept portraying over and over again had nothing to do with reality and everything to do with trying to woo people to their side. And that's the tactic that they used. Uh, all that. Okay. All right, let's take a break because um, we, we we've still got a couple of these. But if you just came in, thank you for coming in. If you're watching the archive, thank you guys for watching the archive. Don't forget you can share, share this out. Uh, I would really encourage you to because you're not going to get it anywhere else that I know of. Um, I want to thank my sponsor, Ariel Ministries. You guys, uh, if you like our show, Bible News Radio, please donate to our show or support our sponsor, Ariel Ministries. And when you do that, you can save 20% when you go to ariel.org or just go straight to our website. You can use the coupon code Bible News. We have on our resource page uh, some of the products that we're recommending this month for Ariel including Israel Betrayed, and also we have a Bible study, The Rapture of the Church. If you guys haven't downloaded this month's Bible study, it's free for you. 
All you got to do is just put in your email. If you're already on my email list, you uh, may have already got the email about it. Um, you can get that free Bible study, The Rapture of the Church. Really, really good, really good stuff there. And um, also, if you want to become a donor of the show, a pillar of the community, uh, you know, we, we, we appreciate any, any amount you can give. Uh, just set up a reoccurring payment there on the website. And uh, we thank you in advance for helping that. As you know, also next month, in a couple of weeks, it's not even a couple of weeks. Well, it's about two weeks. Not quite. It's coming up really soon. <laughs> we're traveling to Oklahoma, uh, and uh, we're going to be covering the Prophecy Conference. We're still about $700 short, so if you can help uh, cover the cost there and get us to our goal so that we can cover the cost of this Prophecy Conference, we're going to be covering that and interviewing as many of the speakers as possible. There's like 32 speakers or 33 speakers, something like that. Uh, so our future shows, whereas we're going to continue the series on the marketing of homosexuality to America, we're also going to be interviewing some, some of the top pro Bible prophecy experts in the, in the world uh, in person. It's going to be fun. In fact, we'll see this year how many people ask me if I'm Jewish. <laughs> Because last year, a whole bunch of people were like, are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? And I found out. It was a year ago, you guys. I found out I'm actually Jewish. I'm a chosen person. Yeah, I am. Uh, anyway, so if you want to help support the cause, then we really appreciate it. Also, and this is just because I can share, uh, I am, uh, you know, one of my sponsors. It's indirect. It's actually my side company, Legal Shield and Identity Theft Protection. You guys, I'm in the running. I'm in the top. Uh, seller category to win a trip to Las Vegas. True story. <laughs> Will I win it? Probably not, but I'm close and it's just an honor, an honor to be in the leaderboards uh, as a uh, as a top seller of Legal Shield, especially as somebody who's only been doing this almost four months. Um, if you guys, you know, have heard me talk about becoming an associate with Legal Shield you know, to join my team. Uh, tomorrow night, in fact, we're having special training for my team. Uh, hopefully you can be on it if you're already an associate. It's going to help you a lot in your business. Um, you know, if you want to join my team and support us that way and get yourself some support, it's $99 to join my team. That's all it is. That's lifetime, by the way. You will earn your money back uh, if you do the work, okay? It's just saying. Also, Legal Shield is $24.95 a month. And it covers a ton of stuff. If you don't, if you haven't heard everything I've already shared uh, regarding that, you guys, set up a time to talk to me as soon as possible. Let me sign you up and get you covered. Because my goal is to protect you and help you save. Right? Okay. And ID Shield, the best identity theft protection out there. Yes, some companies sell little dinky policies that don't cover really anything. And then there's other bigger companies who've been around for longer that continually get breached. ID Shield, you have an app in the palm of your hand. It covers 65 uh, pieces of your very private stuff covering your social security onward, a whole bunch more. It's $9.95 for a person, okay, a month. So get yourself covered. Be wise. And as I heard somebody say once, you know what? It's better to have it and be covered and not use it then not have it, and then wish you had it when you need it. Um, and for the minimal investment, everybody can afford it. So get in touch with me. I would love if you signed up with me this month because it, would, it might, you never know, put me closer to getting that trip. 
And the very fact that I'm so close is 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 actually funny to me, honestly. I was telling a friend of mine, they're like, oh, we're going to pray for you. They get the trip. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just it's just funny that I don't know, Randall. What do you think? Do you think it's funny that I'm actually like in the leaderboards? You know, for to get the trip. I mean, that's it's so funny. I think it's laughable. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's pleasantly surprising in a way, but you know, you're you're rocking it. You're you're doing it, <sighs> doing the work. So yeah, I have been honestly. It's it's a lot of work. You guys don't have any idea. You really don't. Uh, but yeah, I've made a lot of calls. You know, I have I have I've probably talked to in the last four months about. 70 people just so you know so and not everybody signs up right i mean i get that uh i don't sign up for everything but this is really a service you all need and you can use and the member perks are awesome and by the way if you're not a member yet and you need member perks uh, if you haven't checked your member perks make sure you check today there's some really good ones in there that are new all right um and ladies of justice by the way uh is the new girl part of legal shield so if you want to be a ladies of justice i'm going to be holding i think i'm going to do it i'm not sure when i'm going to do it but i will be talking about that later <laughs> all right all right okay let's keep looking at this we got a couple more minutes left okay so we got the face of bigotry okay the next one is stop child abuse of course it is stop child abuse people Okay, so in this, this ad, it says how, how to stop child abuse. Oh, I guess I didn't get the, oh, yeah, I did. Okay, how to stop child abuse. It will, it, it will happen to one in every 10 kids. Note the 10% thingy there. Okay, as he grows up, he'll realize that he feels different than his friends. He'll discover that he's gay. If he lets it show, they'll cut him off, humiliate him, even attack him. If he confides in his parents, they may throw him out of the house onto the streets and say that he is anti-family. Nobody will let him be himself, so he hides from his friends, his folks, alone. It's tough enough just being a kid these days, but to be the one in ten. And then it says, help stop child abuse, treat gay teens with the love and respect they deserve. A message from your national gay and lesbian community. All right, so again, here's your ad. This is a Kinsey, a Kinsey stat. This is a lure to uh, Alfred Kinsey, who was a known bisexual child abuser, by the way, uh, who gave the 10% uh, the 10% of the population is gay statistic, which Oprah Winfrey and others, Donahue and everybody, put out in the 80s. First of all, it's a fallacious stat. It's not accurate at all. It's between 1% and 3%, depending on who you ask. Um, but everybody thinks 10%. So that's, that was what this did. So this ad communicates, again, communicates about how hard it is to be gay. It appeals to ambivalent skeptics. It keeps talking about the issue without shocking. So it's desensitizing. It's portraying, it's portraying gays as victims, not aggressors. And it's giving people potential protectors a just cause. And it's making victimizers look bad. All right, so the strategy is threefold. It's jamming, conversion, and desensitization. Build straight sympathy and protectiveness toward gays by portraying them as innocent victims of circumstance and bigotry. Teach readers that homosexuality is extremely common. And note how many, how often this tactic is still used today. Uh, in fact, it was just a couple of days back 
if you re recall, I actually highlighted a, a, a kid, a gay kid, uh, who ended up on the Ellen Show, who was given a check for thousands of dollars because his so-called parents, who are bigots, Christian bigots, threw him out uh, because he refused to go to the church that they wanted, and they gave him an ultimatum, and he basically said, well, screw you, I'm out of here, I'm going to the media. That's exactly what he did. He basically got his whole college education paid for. Okay? So they are still doing this this tactic big time, and we just showed you that not too long ago. Comment from the author here, the headline catches the eye and trades on the perennial public hysteria about child abuse, which, of course, is often blamed on gays. Uh, then the copy turns the tables on straights by focusing on teens. The ad portrays gays as innocent and vulnerable, victimized and misunderstood, surprisingly numerous yet not menacing. Uh, it also renders the anti-family charge absurd and hypocritical. It's a bullseye. Which is why 40 years later, 35 years later, they are still using this type of ad. You guys see this ad, right? You've seen this type of ad before, right? Right. So, and, and it's really targeted towards the church in particular. So, there's that. Okay. Okay, we got a couple. Okay, the next one is for the military. Read my lips. shows two homosexual soldiers kissing one another and the title it, uh, or underneath it says kiss in uh, and then it gives the day it gives basically the day and all this other stuff and then it says fight homophobia fight AIDS and this strategic evaluation of this one uh, is only keeping the message on gay rights. The strategy, listen to this, on behalf of the AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power, ACT UP, in other words, that's what that's what that's called, ACT UP, a group of activists calling themselves Grand Fury, designed and posted this ad throughout Manhattan in April of 1988, and since then it has sold t-shirts emblazoned with the visual headline, the piece announced a public kiss-in as an aggressive demonstration of affection. The back of the ad declared a mixed list of, of objectives. There, here's what the back of the ad said. We kiss to protest the cruel and painful bigotry that affects the lives of lesbians and gay men. We kiss so that all who see us will be forced to confront their homophobia. We kiss to challenge repressive conventions that prohibit displays of love between persons of the same sex. So we kiss as an affirmation of our feelings, our desires, ourselves, right? And the comment, though their intentions may be good, Grand Fury uh, and ACT UP have produced and promoted an ad that is defiant self-expression, not persuasive communication. See, they don't want that out there. Uh, as an effort to reach skeptical straits, or as Grand Fury puts it, to inform a broad public, it's a disaster. Visual deliberately shocks and antagonizes by displaying homosexual foreplay between soldiers accompanied by a taunting headline, read my lips, and implicitly uh, it says so F you, basically, is basically what it, I'm reading what the book says here. Rather than offering potential friends the ideal of love as a just cause worth defending, this ad offers the ideal of gay lust, which isn't half so compelling or legitimate to straights. Overall, the ad's effect is not to desensitize, jam, or convert. It merely reinforces, reinforces uh, revulsion and inflames homo-hatred not recommended. 
And yet, it's pretty commonplace today, the irony of it all, right? All right. So the next one, uh, is it a crime to love people? Is it? How often have you heard this? This next one shows two lesbians together. Is it a crime to, asking the question, is it a crime to love? In 25 states and the District of Columbia, it can be a crime for two women to love each other. That isn't right. There's too much hate in the world without making love a crime. Alexandria Gay Community Association, people helping instead of hating. And then they ask for money at the very bottom of it. All right, so this one, again, uh, the strategic evaluation hits number one, two, four, five, and six. Communicate, don't just express yourself. Appeal to, appeals to ambivalent skeptics. Keeping the message single-minded on gay rights portrays gays as victims, not aggressors and gives potential protectors a just cause. The strategy is jamming and conversion. Jam homo-hatred by pointing out that it is inconsist inconsistent with the reader's belief in the value of love between individuals. Love becomes the just cause for straights to protect gays. At the same time, convert ambivalent skeptics into friends by showing them the lesbian couple they can like. Comment. Sound strategy spoiled by the wrong picture. This ad is one of several assembled by the Alexandria Gay Community Association in the series ran in the Washington Post during 1987 and 88. The AGCA tells us that it deliberately created the series with our principles in mind, even lifted some copy verbatim from our previously published ad ideas. Even so, the crime to love question ad violates important rules. First, it inflames the reader's smoldering fear of homoeroticism, by showing gay lovers together in intimate contact, even if the contact is not coarsely impassioned or taunting like that in the Read My Lips ad. Second, it showcases a couple that reinforces an unappealing stereotype, suggesting perhaps two leatherly, leather, leatherly, leather, leather, leathery, there you go, uh, old dykes from Tobacco Road who bark at each other with gin crack voices and who first met at a motorcycle roundup. Not surprisingly, this ad, when it appeared in print, generated the fewest donations for the AGCA and the greatest hostility with one irate fellow even mailing back an envelope of dog dung. <laughs> so <laughs> this is not the way to uh, convert people, people, by using that ad. All right, the KKK one is next. <sighs> All right, look at this one. Okay, this one is titled, Some Gays, or rather, Some Guys Have Trouble Accepting Gay People. And the picture for my, for my podcast listeners is a picture of a, a cross on fire with a KKK guy in front of it. The caption underneath the picture says, They think we're crazy and we dress funny. And there, it looks like there's a soldier, a soldier there with, like, hailing to Hitler or something similar to that. So it says here, underneath those foolish costumes is sheer bigotry, dangerous homophobic bigotry. The Ku Klux Klan is waging a campaign of fear and hate against gay people just as it has against blacks. And now they want you on their side. Will you join them? Or are you like millions of other decent Americans who believe they should live and let live? We hope so because our civil rights depend on you. Help us fight bigotry and tell them you only wear silly costumes on Halloween. This is a reminder from your National Gay and Lesbian Community. So this one, this is classic. Um, again, communicates uh, 
their issue appeals to skeptics, keeping keeping the message on gay rights, portrays gays as victims, not aggressors, gives potential protectors a just cause, and makes victimizers look bad. Um, so there's that, and then the strategy behind this is jamming. This it says here, jam the self righteous pride that homo haters feel by linking it to a disreputable hate group. Portray gays as victims of bigotry and build a feeling of protectiveness toward them. Of course, wouldn't you? And the comment, few skeptics would willingly liken themselves to the, to the Ku Klux Klan, so this ad should jam homo-hatred nicely. But everybody, including editors and broadcasters, is rather afraid of Klan retaliation, so we, so we may have some trouble placing this emotional ad until later in our media campaign. When the time comes, gays must be prepared to document KKK anti-gay bigotry in detail, which will prove as easy as rolling off a log. So that is, those are just some, it's not all of them. So I'm going to go ahead and hit the last slide. So more to come, people. Are you beginning to see how America was deceived by the marketing of homosexuality? I hope so. I hope so, because because we have. We've been sold at hook, line, and sinker. They knew exactly what they were doing. They did it absolutely uh, skillfully. Yeah, they did. Okay, they did. All right, again, this is from the book After the Ball, written by two homosexual uh, marketers, strategists, poet. Um, this book is, I, the cheapest I've seen is like $60, and it's, it's upwards of 1000 depending on where you can get it. Uh, I'm showing you inside the guts of it, though. I'm not giving you everything, but that's that's a lot. If you're not convinced yet that you've been marketing this, then I don't know what will, because it's pretty stinking clear to me that you guys have been marketing it. We, we have all been marketed it. Uh, so uh, I don't know what stands out to you, but let me know in the comments if you have found this informative. Because there's, there's actually more in here. There's comics uh and a whole bunch of stuff i i've literally given you like the middle of this book i haven't even given you the front or the back yet uh but uh yeah Randall, what do you yeah, think well i think it was interesting what came several times in the early campaign of marketing mm -hmm. is the live and let live right we've gone from live and let live to where we're coming to libraries we're taking over your restrooms we're taking over you know the curriculum we're take we're taking over not live and let live. You can't do what you used to do because we we are going to do what we do. Instead of, you know, coexist, it's like, nope, you can't do that anymore because you know we're... And you know what was interesting to me was, you know, when we went to Ikea's social, social Power Summit, um, I have to tell you that the bathrooms at the Hotel Preston, which is in Nashville... On the door, on, on, the, on the public bathrooms, they had a picture of a male and, you know, standing up. It said, underneath it said, stand. And on the female door, it said, sit, underneath the picture of the girl. True story. Me and another woman, we were in the bathroom talking. We were like, did we, why are we reading this? Why, why do we have to have stand and sit on the door? I mean, are we such imbeciles now that we, we don't even, you know... Uh, that's just weird, you know. I, I just, yeah. Well, anyway. it's safe. Rather than get caught up in gender and gender identity, we don't want to offend anybody, no matter what side. 
let's just call it stand and set and you sort yourselves out. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. So these are the tactics, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I hope that you share this out with everybody. Let them see it. I do have all these shows on playlists over on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, you can go over there and then click on the playlist. This will be episode eight. So there's literally over eight hours of information on this agenda on how they have marketed homosexuality to America. Yes, Twin Peaks ladies room is sit okay. Really? Okay. <laughs> I had no idea. Gina, that's so funny. All right. So tomorrow is Thursday. So I hope to see you tomorrow. Next week I actually have a couple of people lined up uh to come and share with you uh their stories. It's gonna be interesting. One of them is a former lesbian. Uh, who's battled same-sex attraction, and God has delivered her. I actually met her at the Social Power Summit, so you're going to get to hear her testimony. That's uh, going to be really cool, actually. Um, and, uh, and more. So I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Remember, be bold, people. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. All right? We'll see you later. <laughs>